Welcome to Here Comes Yesterday, a weekly 15-minute podcast full of useful memories for dealing with the world ahead with your host, Frank Corrado. For the past nine years, I've given up a lot of my weekends to work in Chicago area farmers markets to help my son with his blueberry farm in Southwest Michigan. It's been an interesting, somewhat exciting, and occasionally exasperating venture. But through it, I've come to understand a little bit more about farming, at least on the consumer end. In this episode of Here Comes Yesterday, I want to offer a fictional dive into the world of farmers' markets. The names in this story are changed, but it's a compilation of what really happens every week. So I hope you enjoy it. Even though summer is approaching, it's still not quite dawn. Eventually, you hear muffled voices, then the sounds of boxes, trays, and lugs being loaded into a large panel truck. The scene repeats itself in western Illinois, southeastern Wisconsin, southwestern Michigan, northwest Indiana, south side of Chicago. Coffee in one hand, steering wheel in the other, drivers strike out towards the city. Their target this Saturday is a strip of parkland just north of downtown Chicago. It's market day. Two blocks away from the park, on the 17th floor of a 1,500-square-foot condo, John and Judy are still asleep. In about an hour, John will be the first to stir. After a bathroom stop, he'll remember it's Saturday, and his steps towards the coffee maker in the kitchen will pick up. The big event of the week is at hand. For more months now than he can remember, that trip has been the bright spot of the week as the days of COVID confinement have raged on. This past winter, there were no markets, lockdown everywhere. But it's May now, and things are looking a little bit better. And so the powers on high have decreed that markets can take place. But it won't be like before. Sampling of jams and fresh strawberries and melons. Nope, not this year. Wandering about, chatting with farmers and friends. Only at a six-foot length until people get their shots. The cozy informality is a thing of the past right now. Well, not completely. People are still people after all. There are still farmers and other sellers in place, and it's real, not virtual, not virtual. John spent his career in sales in the real world, shaking hands, telling jokes, going to lunch and dinners on the company. Now this, boy, it's weird. With their plans for trips to see the kids shut down, their ritual Saturday nights out to eat with friends blocked, and even their infrequent church visits verboten. It's now nothing like what John had foreseen. Judy still has her job as an accountant, but a lot of it is now online. On the kitchen table is the grocery list they worked up Friday. Call them foodies, but they are strongly committed to eating healthy, and that drives a religious zeal 
to get the kind of food that comes only from a farmer's market. It'll be a half hour before John brings Judy a cup of tea to help her get going, but he knows that smile of hers will be worth it. Three miles away from the market, Betty is about to jump in the shower. She'll be working for one of the farmers at the market today. She's still in college, whatever that is in this year of COVID. So this market is a chance to get outside, hang with some other millennials, get some serious exercise, like lifting those 20-pound lugs of asparagus today, and make some desperately needed side money. And then there's Tom, that cute guy in the booth next to hers. At least she thinks he's cute, but with all that masking going on, it's really hard to tell. At least when he talks, he sounds cute, she thinks. Len and Meg are hoping to make a few bucks and tips today at the market. He plays ukulele and she plays tambourine and sings. They call themselves Island Connection and are always eager to book a date at your house or work party. Both musicians are just hanging on now that public performances have disappeared. The Saturday market is a rare opportunity for them to try out new songs and arrangements before a large, if not always, engaged audience. They won't arrive until about 9.20 a.m., but they'll be there full of smiles and hope. Everybody else has to be in place exactly at 7 a.m. Tents up, trucks parked, tables ready. Like the early rising farmers, Alex is already dressed and doing what he does often. He's worrying. Just what farmers do. That's what they pay him to do. He's the market manager. Will an inspector come by today and ding us for health violations? Will some customer have a tussle with a vendor? Will a cop ticket one of the trucks parked on the street? Will somebody try and pass counterfeit 20s like happened last year? Will today's volunteers show up? Alex, it seems, has a fertile mind for disaster. And as if to prove his concerns valid, at exactly 7 a.m., the clutch on a panel truck from one of the growers goes out and it stalls on the main path. Other trucks are now blocked from leaving. Four minutes later, a wind gust sends three tents rocketing into the air before their owners have had a chance to weigh them down. And it all happens just as Alex is about to take his first straw from a double latte. But maybe he doesn't need it now because he's really lit. The guy next to Becky's flower booth endears himself forever to her with a jump shot that catches her tent in its upward trajectory from a wind gust. The line of customers waiting to enter the market, there never was a line before COVID, is starting to grow as seniors like John and Judy stand masked up and raring to go. Seniors get early privileges. Like happy gamblers heading to the boats, Vendors are touching up their booths, which they had to start putting up in the dark an hour or so ago amid curses and regrets for the things they forgot to do, like remember those extra bungees to put their sign up, or that sign they forgot to bring, or put the labels on the correct jams. And now comes the crowd. Good, how are you? Blueberry juice. Farmers stand there with a smile on their face and hope in their heart. The winners today will be farmers who have what people want. Some farmers will have that famous taciturn look that their breed is known for, 
and that basically says, I'd rather be hoeing the ground or riding my tractor. Other farmers will be there because they want a break from hoeing the ground or riding their tractor. For those farmers with essentials, asparagus, early strawberries, radishes, and so on, they'll just watch as the crowd comes up to grab their veggies furiously. Same with the artisans, the cheese makers, the guy selling zero sugar jams, the sausage makers, the baker with muffins and sourdough bread. They'll all do well today. The newbies, the people with new ideas that might or might not work, will be there also testing the market to see if their take on success will be successful. They'll be offering a new tofu delight, bottled juice, an array of lavenders, and so on. The way it will work is that those who sit and wait for customers to come to them better have a really needed product. The person with the super new salsa is going to have to be reaching out, making her case, singing, dancing, anything to attract attention. By the time John and Judy have loaded up for next week, another group of buyers will be lining up for the market. The second group are early shoppers. They tend to be experienced, long-time regulars who know the farmers and know what they want. They will move down the path quickly. Next will be the dog people, trying to combine walking with buying. Most dogs will be pampered and well-behaved. Owners will be divided into two classes, those with rescue mutts and those with breeds you've never heard of, Borzoi, Alpine Spaniel, Bedlington Terriers, and the like. If you sell dog treats, be prepared for negative feedback on such topics as sensitive stomachs, diet restrictions, and so on. Yes, there are the occasional fights and urinary accidents and the dogs riding in baby carriages. But overall, the dogs are fun to watch, and you'll soon learn that the old maxim of dogs looking like their owners is often true. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? It's now 10 a.m. Families with children make up the third wave of shoppers. A parade of amazingly innovative high-tech baby carriages pass by filled with sprouts, living, breathing, waving, smiling, crying, mostly with doting parents doing the pushing. Also in this wave are parents of older kids, many of whom are really interested in what's going on, with the more experienced of them knowing which products they're willing to make a scene to get, like that super creamy blueberry ice cream, or the smoothies, or the square donuts. Late in the market, the you-know-who's arrive. Yes, the millennials, finally having risen from their beauty sleep by the rude sounds of cars honking, trash lids banging, radios blaring, and those distracting noises of city life that entice them away from their leafy suburban glades in the first place. The Sinos, shoppers in name only, are really here for the show. Shopping at the market for them is a search for the hip item of the moment, kombucha, lemongrass smoothies, coffee grown on sustainable farms by indigenous people. Root vegetables tend not to be their thing. Sinos are also dog owners, cheaper and less complicated than children. Alex, the market manager, overlooks all this and takes a victory lap. A farm mechanic who just happened to be on hand today did some magic under that stuck truck and got the path cleared in 20 minutes. The wind did die down. There were no incidents of bad behavior. 
People mostly kept their masks on. A pretty good day, all in all. Becky's sales went well, and the guy who grabbed her tent asked for her phone number. Again, a pretty good day for all. John and Judy filled their larder for the coming week. They checked each other's biometrics and expressed satisfaction with the numbers. At precisely 1 p.m., the sound of tents being struck began to cascade through the park. Some vendors, however, kept their booths marginally open to accommodate the last-minute surge that is often the stuff of retail lore. Finally, the trucks are loaded, tired feet get some rest, and it's time for a break. For those who don't have to do it again tomorrow, it will be a time to rest before the week's hard work begins again, before the worry begins again, before the early hours. For now, however, it's over. Market day. I hope you enjoyed this little story. Until next time, work hard, stay smart. You've been listening to Here Comes Yesterday, a podcast full of useful memories for dealing with the world ahead. Your ideas and reactions can also be very useful. Contact Frank Corrado via email at corrado at c4m.com. That's C-O-R-R-A-D-O at the letter C, the number 4, the letter M, dot com. This is Mel Zellman. Thank you for listening, and catch us next time.